Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Today's interview is with Tamar Marr, who is an entrepreneur, investor, and proponent of intentional lifestyle design. Tamar has been investing in real estate since she was 19 years old, purchasing her first townhome when she was a sophomore in college, and she has owned rental properties for more than 15 years. Her company today focuses on the acquisition of underperforming multifamily and commercial properties. On today's interview, we discuss how to transition from single family to multifamily, how to set yourself up for success when analyzing deals, and how to intentionally design the life you want. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. We're excited to have you back on the Real Estate Investor Show. And we have uh, Tamar Mar on our show. So I welcome Tamar. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're excited to, to jump into your story and, and all your investing experience. Uh, just want to get connected to everyone and kind of see how we la- get connected with the ladies as we jump in here. But Andressa, how are you we doing today? What's new and exciting? Doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just so grateful to you know interview, have the opportunity to interview so many wonderful women that has inspired me the most. And every time that I talk to them, I learn something new. And it comes down to having that student mentality. I'm always hungry for more information to really get to the next step. I don't want to be the smarter person on the table. I really don't. I want to hang out with other ladies that are doing bigger and better things. And, and you know, it comes down to being or having an open mind and having coaches in your life too, that really can guide you through. Sometimes I just have a quick question and the answer is within me, but it's my blind spot. So I cannot see it. Mm. So I'm very grateful right now. And I'm, I'm so excited for the, the interview today. And I think you, you guys listeners will, will have a blast as well. Yeah, no, you raise a great point, Andres. I think so often we, I don't think women do this as much as men, but you know, you often will know about someone and you're like, oh, I have more or less experience than them or, or in real estate, I own or, you know, own more or less, but you know, properties than that person. So they're not gonna be able to teach me anything. And that's so not the case. And I think that's no. what's neat about building a, a community of women in that, you know, it's like you can learn and share and you may have no property, but have so much to give and so much to share, or you might own hundreds of properties and still have so much to learn. I mean, Absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it, it, I think that's what makes, I think that's one of the wonderful qualities of, of, a, of a woman, <laughs> to be honest with you, because they, I, I, don't, I don't think women size each other up as much in, in any way. It, it's more of this collective, you know, support. So, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great point. Glad, glad you reminded us that. And I'm super grateful and grateful to have Tamar Mar on our show today. So welcome, Tamar. Um, as we, I love that, Tamar Mar. you know, we could probably have an hour conversation on your name. No, it's so fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I had the pleasure of meeting Tamar uh, through some common connections, which has been wonderful through this process of having our podcast and interviewing some amazing ladies. Um, Tamar, for the, for the ladies listening, you know, obviously 
you know, we're interviewing real estate investors that are women, but, but what compelled you? What got you kind of pulled into this real estate investing world? Uh, it's different for everyone. We, I'd love, and we just love to have you share that with the listeners and the ladies to, you know, kind of get them thinking through, you know, what, what gets people pulled in and get them moving in this direction. So what for you started, got you started in, in investing? Yeah. Well, I going way back, I actually purchased my first home when I was 19 years old because that's what normal 19-year-olds do. I was in college full-time and working full-time, uh, but I didn't see it as an investment. Then I don't even think I knew what an investment was, as a matter of fact. But backtrack about four or five years ago, we had had a number of rentals, my husband and I, for, for years. Um, I think one or two or three or something like I, I don't know I can't remember but um, I got this itch inside of me that I knew at that point I was the chief operating officer of a regulatory solutions company on Wall Street but I ran the company helped run the company from my home office in Seattle and I got to this point where I thought if I can do this for somebody else I know I can do this for myself and I think I got because I had been working in startups and small businesses for 20 years I was like I, I like this whole scene but I like it to for myself <laughs> and so I, I remember having this conversation with my husband on the way home from camping and um, I said, I really want to have my own business and he goes what do you want it to be and we went over like a hundred different ideas and we eventually, the topic real estate came up and I had been reading um, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. I think that's the book that I was reading at the time. And I, I thought, you know what? That's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build an empire for us to live off of someday. And my husband is, of course, is smiling. He's like, sure. Okay, go for it, honey. So um, within a couple of months, I got my real estate license. We started buying houses on auction, sight unseen. Um, taking our three small kids every weekend to renovate the houses that we bought and turn them into rentals. And we did that for about three and a half years. But then I got to a point a year and a half ago where I was the COO for another company locally here in the Seattle, Washington area. And I just had this moment where I thought, you know what, I'm ready to be the CEO of my own dreams fully. Like I am done working for somebody else. I don't ever want to work for somebody else again, meaning like on somebody else's payroll. I recognize that when you're an investor, you're always working for other people, whether it be the bank or, <laughs> or your investors or all your partners, whatever it is. So, um, but the point was I was ready to just go and step out in faith and do it on my own. So I quit my job. I had no idea what I was going to do. I actually bought a company like right after I, I left a, a high-end specialty fitness equipment store. But then I took about a month and a half to decide what I wanted to do. I knew it involved real estate, but it, it was at that time where I decided that I would focus my efforts then moving forward, not on single family, but on multifamily. So I started a multifamily syndication business and, um, and that's where it all took off. <laughs> like, the past year and a half has been just an amazing ride of, um, of doing stuff that I haven't done. That's, that's one of my favorite things in life is to do things that I've never, ever done before. And I think the process of self-discovery and constant learning and growing is what really gets me. But regarding why I switched from single family to multifamily, it was because I had a unit goal in my head and a passive income goal. And I knew that if I was doing what we were doing, we were not going to get to the place that we needed to get to very quickly. And I get a little impatient sometimes, with, especially with myself. And so I said, the way to do this is multifamily. And I just uh, scaled it up. So my original unit goal was 100 units. 
And at that time we had four units when I started my syndication business. And in a year I will have gone from four units to 133 units by the time my two deals right now close. That's great. So that's wow. a little bit. Wow. So, so there's so many questions I'm sure Andres and I both have to, to, to dissect that a little bit because it's, that's pretty, that's pretty, um, a year and a half is pretty fast growth, right? From to go from four to 133. So yes. I, I, I know in a lot of ways people, because we inv- we've invested in single family and multifamily and people often get a little, oh, that's a different, that's a different kind of class, right? Or a different type of property. So I, I need to learn different things. So you've made that jump. You've made that transition. What were the things, would you say, that were incredibly important to know making the transition from a investor in single family to multifamily? Hmm. So I look at numbers a little bit differently than other people. Like my husband and I were just talking about this yesterday because we're building this house and we're like, we're looking at numbers. Like at some point numbers are just numbers. They're just things on a page and they shouldn't scare you. It's just like, if you have all of your risk mitigation taken care of and know what warning signs are, you underwrite properly. Um, it can help alleviate the stress of like, I'm getting into something so much bigger. Um, And I think that because we had done pretty risky investments previously with like buying houses that you couldn't even step inside to like, we had no idea what they looked like. We had no idea the fun treasures that would unfold when we (laughs) closed on the properties. And we closed on some pretty some pretty phenomenal properties. (laughs) Meaning like, great renovation projects. Uh, so I think that really prepared us for, prepared me because um, to be clear, my husband is m- my biggest supporter, but he's not involved in my business at all. So I, it prepared me specifically for um, doing what I needed to do in multifamily. So what do you need to know? Um, I think you need to have a great underwriting tool, meaning an amazing Excel spreadsheet that has that is multifaceted with different tools in there and calculations regarding like how you enter and how you exit the property and growth formulas. And if you are going to syndicate, how do you distribute investments out to your partners and things like that? So I think that that is a really important tool. And I see Andresa raising her finger. Because right. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people are asking, how can I create my own if I don't know what I don't know? So my question to you is, how did you find that for yourself? Yeah, that's true. I would have never built it for myself. We built one for single family, but single family is really simple. So right. when I made the decision that I was going to move into multifamily, I started following a couple of people that are big in the multifamily investing space and, um, and reading all of their articles and listening to their podcasts. And one of them just happened to have a, a deal analyzer tool that they offered. And it was like, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it was so cheap and it came with a bunch of videos with it on how to use it. So I did that. And then I just started practicing deals. So I'd look on LoopNet and I'd find, I'd just look up any random deal on LoopNet and some of it includes great information and some of it, there's a lot of missing information, but I would plug in whatever I had and just practice like crazy every week so that when I did have a deal that came across my desk, I could then know what to do in that time. And I wouldn't be left like looking like a total idiot in front of the brokers that are sending me stuff. So yeah, I buy one that's out there and buy, look for one that's really reputable. And the one that I use is one that almost every single 
multifamily investor that I talk to that's in the more of like the mom and pop space, I guess. They, they have all heard of this particular tool and if not, they're using it. And what's the name of it? That one is by Michael Blanc. It's, the, it's called the SDA or the Syndicated Deal Analyzer mm -hmm. Tool. Mm -hmm. Michael Blanc has a, yeah. a great class that I- My husband, uh, Matt, uses that as well. Yeah, great. Yeah, like yeah. It. It's um, well, you know, what you're saying makes so much sense, Tamar. It's like so many people are, they don't actually spend the time a studying a market and really just getting practice underwriting deals. And they, they want the deal to be presented to them in this silver platter and they want it to be in a growth market and they want to make $10,000 per month. And I mean, that's just like information with all the information, you know, with all the information and I, and what you're saying like takes a lot of hard work. I remember when we were making the pivot from, you know, small multis to, we were like, we want to 10 times our business. We want to build in the next building we buy. We want to be 10 times the size of one of our existing buildings. And we, we were mentoring under Joe Fairless, which is, you know, great guy in the business, knows his stuff when it comes to, you know, large multifamilies and apartment buildings. And he gave us a homework assignment. He said, you need to go look at a hundred properties and study them and underwrite a hundred deals. Then come back to me. Then we'll talk about the next step. And I was like, my husband, Matt, because we're doing it together. He's like, I think you should do that project and I'll do the next <laughs> thing he tells me to. And, but, you know, doing that was so helpful to really study the markets and study numbers and just get more comfortable analyzing larger deals. And so many people just don't want to do that, right? They, or they don't even know to do that. So I think that's such a, I love that because people are like, oh, LoopNet, yeah, you know, if your deal's on LoopNet, it goes there to die. But LoopNet is a phenomenal resource to actually just practice working out deals and working out buildings. So that's a great recommendation for people listening. Do you want to get into multifamily and apartment buildings? Start underwriting and analyzing what's on LoopNet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? My very first deal and it was on LoopNet. It was listed on LoopNet. I couldn't believe it because I had heard that same thing. That's where deals go to die. And so when I saw that it was working out so well in my spreadsheet, I said, this can't be right. This looks too good to be true. So I sent it to somebody else to look at and he said, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm salivating. <laughs> yeah. and sometimes people just don't want to go the whole broker route of let's, let's play the whole game of this off market deal, which by the right. way is not off market if it's coming from a broker because it's going out to their whole entire list of their secret investors. Uh, at least that's the way I perceive it to be. So some owners just would like to have an opportunity to be out on the open market and have something with more exposure. So that deal you found on LoopNet, you found it, you, you ran it by someone. What was your next step? Was it in your area? Was it out, out, you know, was it far away, close by? Yeah, well, no, it wasn't in my area. It was in my state. So it was about four and a half hours away. And it was in an area that I was looking to invest in. But this was May of 2017. March is when I decided that I was going to start my syndication business. And I told myself I would do my first deal. I would start working on my first deal in September. So I hadn't even started talking to investors yet at that point, like not a single conversation. It was just, this is when I'm going to get my first deal. So this came across my desk and I, and I, it was just a practice underwriting, like, you know, and I thought, oh, and we found out there were already like four offers on the property. I said, no, I haven't yet even talked to investors. And then I stopped myself. I was driving. I stopped myself and I was talking to my broker. I said, nope, nope, no, this is not okay. I'm going for it. I don't care. I'll figure out how to make it work. 
And so I just, and I do that a lot in life where I'm just like, yeah, I'll just figure it out as I go. Like, I feel like I can, you can do a certain amount of, you can do as much research as you want, but until you start practicing something, actually, you're never going to get it down. So there's never going to be a point where you feel 100% right. It's like having kids, ladies. Did you ever feel like, if those of you had kids or thinking about kids, did you ever feel like you were totally ready to pull the trigger on that? No. Like, it's just I'm no. still not ready. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> not ready. No. So, uh, so I just said, okay, let's go for it. And it was the very first multifamily that I put in an offer on and I got the bid. And I was like, are you kidding me? What? This is crazy. But I had the money raised within, you know, that one, I mean, it took me probably a week and a half or something, but it was, it all worked out. And there were four offers on the table. Yours, the fifth offer, was it, what, what yeah. did, what, what made your offer stand out? I'm curious. We went in over asking by probably 25K. Um, we ended up not doing a financing contingency on it. If I'm remembering correctly, I work on so many deals. I sometimes forget all the details of the different ones, but I think it was that we did not put in a financing contingency on it because we just knew we could get funding. Um, and we shortened, I think we did a 45 day close instead of a 60 day close. Cause you can always extend these things later on, you know, it's different yep. than what can be at the end. Um, so it wasn't like a, a super competitive, like 10 day feasibility, you know, I think we had a 20 day feasibility period on it. So we shortened up that a little bit. Um, and I, that's really about it, I guess. It wasn't something phenomenal that I recall. <laughs> but then, how, was, how was your approach with the, the raising the private money? Yeah. So that was a lot different than what I'm employing now, which if, for that first deal, um, I actually really counted on my husband to help me out because he reached out to all of his really close buddies and, um, uh, and also some of his work mates. So some of his coworkers. And so we had a, you know, a coworker invest in that one. And my father-in-law did and a really close friend. That's kind of like a brother. And, um, and then another close friend. And then the other, there were two investors that I needed to find. And I just worked my rear off to go to a bunch of investor club meetings and establish some relationships with people. So I guess now that in hindsight, it wasn't just two weeks. It was, it was definitely longer than that, but it just felt like it, things go really quickly. Now, what I've found is that, in fact, I just released a podcast episode about a month ago. I, I have a podcast myself. And um, it was how I raised one million, over a million dollars in less than 12 hours. Because my last deal that I put together, my last, last deal, I'm working on two right now, um, I had the potential of needing to raise over a million dollars because we were potentially going to take down a property and build on it as well. So add an additional like eight units for the zoning. So I said, I either need like this much or I need this much, depending on if we're going to build. And um, I reached out to all my contacts and within less than 12 hours, I had like $1.1 million committed. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. This hasn't happened to me before. And I, and then I remember writing on this podcast episode that this is the clickbait that goes into things. This is where you hear those type of sorts of headlines. And by the way, they're not true at all. It took more like 12 months to raise that money. And when I say 12 months, it's that 
For the past year and a half, I've been going consistently to investor club meetings. I've been speaker at events. I started my own podcast. I'm putting myself out there. I have coffees with you know, potential investors or people that want to learn in the business. I meet with brokers all the time and lenders and they start referring me people. So it's like, it's no one specific act that you can say, this is what helped me do what I've done. But if you don't do a whole bunch of things consistently over time, or if you start to slack off on those, you'll see that you don't have as many relationships starting or people don't know what you're doing. So I try to tell everybody, I'm not crazy. Like I don't tell everybody what I'm doing, but I, when I'm excited about something, I get kind of fired up and I tell people. So that was a long winded answer. No, I, 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 no. I think what you're saying makes tons <laughs> of sense. When, when it comes to like when people see something, someone gets some sort of achievement and it looks like an overnight success, right? They always say like, yeah, every overnight success really took 10 years, yeah. you know? And I think there's so much truth to that. It looks like it just happened, but it really didn't just happen. It was so many seeds. So clearly, you know, you've been able to build some great relationships. People, it's the ultimate when people give their hard-earned money over to you to invest, right? Andres and I both, you know, that's how we grow our businesses. And it's such a, it's a humbling, like these people trust you enough to actually give you their, it's usually their hard-earned money, you know, um, to, to invest for, for you. So what do you think people saw in you? Obviously you were in a lot of places doing, doing workshops, doing presentations, having coffee, um, networking, clearly, you know, um, you don't seem like a shy person. So, you know, like you see, and you, you, you know, you clearly know how to build relationships, but it's more than that, right? So what did people see in you? What were those qualities? So the ladies listening to this, you know, whether they're ready to take their business to another level, because that's a lot of women we interact with are women that they've done flips, they have some multifamilies, they have some single family homes, they have some rentals, but they just want to take it to a different level. And that's when you start raising private money. So what for you do you think as you look back, what were those qualities or what were those things that like are critical if you're going to go out and raise money from other people's pocketbooks? Yeah. People love a good story, I think. So if you're, um, if you're excited about what you're doing, they're going to latch onto you regardless of what you're doing. So I am just a person that I get excited about almost everything I do in life. I get excited to wake up every day and to exercise and to go hiking and, you know, kayaking and whatever it is that I'm doing, traveling. And also with these deals that I'm doing, because I've seen how it changed, it has changed our family's future in a big way and I and we're just getting started. So I mean there's a lot of excitement around that and people latch on to that. If you're not excited about this, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> Absolutely. So that that's one. Number two, I have a massive amount of self-confidence. And that's not in an ego maniacal sort of way. It's just that I have, um, and it's been since I was a little girl. I just am somebody who portrays like uh I portray that self-confidence. I walk into the room like I know what I'm doing because I'm very sure that I've done the research that I take to be successful at whatever I choose that I'm going to do. And I don't think a lot of people, um, especially I think women are sometimes afraid to have that sort of air about them. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to come off in a cocky sort of way. For me, it comes off in like a goofy, like I'm doing this thing now and I'm super pumped about it. And you know, like this is what I've been doing. But, and so, um, 
it's okay. It's okay to be confident. It's really, and I think that message is really important to get out there for women. They're too scared of coming across like a holes because if you're a guy, it's normal to act that way. But if you're a woman, you're a, a B, you know? Yeah. Um, Owning it and really like embracing it. I think that it's so natural to just embrace it. It takes more time, more, more, more energy to be somebody that you are not. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it does take a lot more energy. And um, I think authenticity is huge. I just am who I am because that's the only person I know how to be. And um, I also have, um, you know, I have some experience in the small business world. And the way that I view multifamily and this whole syndication business is I have a company and my company creates companies that hold assets. And the only job of those companies that I create that holds assets is for me as the managing member to improve operational efficiency, which is you increase expense, uh, your revenues and you decrease your expenses and you try to get as much net operating income as possible. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. And I was an operations executive for the five years leading up to pulling out and doing things on my own. And that's what I tried to do, or at least I learned, I don't know. You know, I, I think I'm always learning and growing on how to do things better. And still, I have lots of room for improvement. But I just look at it like I looked at those companies that I was helping to manage. I'm going to improve operational efficiency. And because I have that experience that translates and hear this, that was not real estate experience. That was business experience. That was like real life business experience. So a lot of people are like, I don't have any experience in real estate. How do I get started? I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, there's so much information out there. You can learn whatever you need to know just really quickly. And then you absolutely. And, and yeah. sometimes I have those conversations with folks and I was like, this is a real business. You get that, right? They have a come, you know, it doesn't really matter if it is ice cream houses, whatever it is, it's still a business. So you gotta be treated as such. I'm very curious. You know, I, I hear about how you were able to, go from four houses to 130 plus tell me about your team members how did you select them how you work with them who were the core team members that made that dream happen sure um right now in terms of my company i am a single woman shop but that's not my team Uh, my team really involves the people that I count on the most are, um, I have a mortgage broker that I use. I believe in using my time very wisely. I have three kids, by the way, I have, I have an almost 12 year old and I have two nine year olds and I love spending time with them and doing really fun stuff all the time. So I try to be as efficient as possible. And I believe that for me, that choice is to have a really great mortgage broker who takes care of me. So he does all the work that I could be doing if I went out and networked with a bunch of bankers, but I don't, I don't want to spend the time doing that. Like sometimes you just have to ask yourself, well, everybody else is doing this. Should I be doing this? It doesn't matter if you should, do you want to be doing that? And is that the highest and best use of your time? And for me, I like utilizing people on my team. Like that's what they're really good at. So pay them a fee to do it. If it's going to make your life easier and it's going to make a deal go a lot smoother because then they can tell the track record. Like, looks, listen, she's closed on these deals. Her balance, she is this, she can perform, da, da, da. So I have a great mortgage broker. I have, um, I have my real estate license, but I still don't represent myself in my own deals because I, number one, I can't stand negotiating. <laughs> I 
it's like my least favorite thing to do. Um, and so I, I have a mortgage or a, a real estate broker that I pull in for transactions that are in my backyard. At some point I may not, like I might just do it myself, but for now that's what I do. I have almost the same inspector that I use for anything and he'll travel five hours for me, by the way. Like he, it's so fun. Sometimes we show up at these properties together and we're like, I make him laugh. Like I'll show up and like at Christmas we were walking a property and I was wearing like a reindeer sweater with jingle bells on it, making him laugh while I was doing his inspection. It was amazing. So <laughs> um, who else do I have on my team? I have, uh, let's see, um, a fantastic insurance guy that I count on. Um, those are my core folks. I'm trying to rack my brain right now. And other than that, the team is also your partner, your investor partners, like whoever you're bringing into a deal. And maybe they've done some stuff that you haven't done before. Most of the case, what I run across is that they're people that my investor partners are people that totally want to be hands off or they're people that want to learn and do this themselves someday. So I, I just, I teach them as much as they want to know through the process. So I would consider them part of my team as well. And I'm, for the record, I am, I do have a bookkeeper um, for all my businesses. And, um, and then I'm looking at hiring somebody right now. I'm in conversations on that so that I can, there's so much that I want to be doing like for marketing and some of the transaction based work that I think I could be focusing on other things and it would be a higher and better use of my time. So I'm, I'm working on that as I'm scaling my business. That's great. The, um, something you put on your, your, whether it's your website or your bio, I forget where, but you, you said something about being a proponent of intentional lifestyle, lifestyle design. And you mentioned earlier about the CEO of your dreams, but proponent of intentional lifestyle design. When I read that, I said, my first question is it, intentional lifestyle design. And I, that's fascinating. I need to learn more about that. And number two, being a proponent of it, right? Being somebody who promotes that. So I love that concept. I don't even know, I don't know if I could intent, I could kind of think through what that probably means, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Number one. Number two, how does real estate, how does it all tie together? Because the whole point of this show, Andres and I are up to with this show, and I know what you're up to is, you know, how do we as women create this life of financial independence and abundance, but also like have this balance and like you're doing, spending as much time as you can with your kids. I mean, and, and, and be able to kind of be all these things, right? For all these people and, and be true to ourselves. So that's a tall order, right? If you're doing that, you're doing something right, I think, yeah. or right for yourself. So share a little bit about what intentional lifestyle design is, if you don't mind. I can't blah, 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 say it. Um, but number two, like, what does that look like for you? And, and the women listening to this, what could it look like for them? Because that's, that's pretty powerful. I love that thought. I get so, I smile just thinking about it. Um, so I think that the majority of humans on this planet walk through life and they let life happen to them. And that's just, that's the way it is. And I think in some places it's because people are just trying to survive because it's very tough circumstances. And uh, in places all across our country, that happens as well. Um, but even if we are in those places where we're trying to survive. There's a certain mindset that we can have. So there's like being intentional about the way that we perceive life and, um, and the outlook on life. Um, we can get ourselves out of pretty much any hole that we've either dug ourselves into or been placed into. I truly believe that's possible. Um, and so I believe that for me, 
it's really important to set out what it is that I want to do in this life because I get one life and I want to design the most incredible life that I could possibly live. So I think every single morning about all the cool stuff that I am going to be doing soon or have done or am going to do in the future. And I write it down. I, and I, I spend time in gratitude of just like moments that I've had in the past or even moments in the future that I haven't realized yet, but I'm telling my subconscious mind that I've already realized them so that I get to that place faster. So this is some of this stuff is going kind of deep, but, um, the, we like deep. <laughs> Love them. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about, who I want to be as a person, how I can impact others. I have a personal mission statement that's I'm consistently a source of joy, encouragement, and inspiration to others. And to me, that's really intentional. Like knowing, knowing what you're here for and how you want to am, impact others' lives and how you just want to be your best self. So for me, that what does that look like and how does real estate um, play a role in that? So number one, passive income is key. Yeah. So uh, I, I, my goal right now, my husband is going, I turn 40 next month, August, my husband will turn 50 in two years. And I told him by his 50th birthday, I want him to be able to walk away from his job because of our, the, my empire that we're building. And so, um, and the biggest reason is because I look at, okay, that passive income allows us to do whatever the heck that we want to do. And that right now includes homeschooling some of my kids, traveling around the world, taking off on ski vacations when we want to. Uh, we're looking, we're, we're going to build a house in Hawaii at some point. So maybe we'll live over there half time and here half time. So passive income allows you to be able to do that. And for me, the route of passive income that I've um, found to be most successful is through our real estate holdings. Although I do have other sources as well. I do do like, you know, lending and I have an, another business as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the way it looks for me. So I, I mean, like this weekend, uh, I'm taking up and going on a three day, 35 mile backpacking trip on Mount Rainier, probably by myself, maybe with somebody else. I don't know, but like I can do that because I don't have a nine five job. Right. And so like, we're going to Ireland this summer for my 40th birthday. And like, I'm just, it's spending time how you want to spend time and, and yeah, I, I could go on and on about that, but it's very inspiring, and I, 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 I love the concept. And I'm thinking about the, I'm thinking about anyone listening to this, and and I'm thinking, there's there's women listening to this. Oh yeah, I can make some tweaks in my life, and I can totally do that a little bit more than I am today. But there might be women listening. They're starting out, right? They 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 have no experience in real estate, and they see someone. Um, it's always it's always easy to look at someone else and go, oh wow, I love what they have. I want what they have, but I don't know how I'm going to get there, right? So for the for the ladies listening to this, that might be, how do I get to intentionally designing my life when I have, you know, I have certain responsibilities, right? I want to get there, but I I have X, Y, and Z, right? Whatever X, Y, and Z is. So yeah. I'm curious, like it's like bridging the gap, right? It, and what would you say to those ladies? Okay, so I've been there before, for sure. Um, I think it starts with writing down what it is that you want out of life. Most people talk about what they don't want in life. And the more we fill our heads with what we don't want in life, the more that's what we're going to get. That's a true yeah. belief. Your, yeah. your energy flows. 
Um, and so we, we focus on what it is that we really want. So maybe do some journaling or some exercises on what, how would I like, what's my ideal day? What would I like my life to look like in one year? What are some one year, three year, five year plans? Like, and stop limiting yourself for heaven's sake. All of us have self-limiting. I have self-limiting factors on me too. Like I don't dream nearly big as enough. And I think that I dream pretty big compared to a lot of other people. Um, but don't put those blinders on. Like, think about what it is that would be just the most extraordinary kick-ass life you could possibly have. That's number one. That's the very first thing. And then you think about that thing often. You think about that thing. And in a way, like, what if, how, what would I take to get there? And, and then you start taking small steps. So that would be considered your, like, the why behind why we're doing real estate. Because I'm not doing real estate just because it's, like, my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> like, I do it because it's, it's interesting business to me, but it's also a means to an end. Like it's a way to support our family in a, in a alternative way. So number one, define what it is that you want. Number two, maybe take a small step. So I'm going to give an example. <clears throat> Last year in um, March, I was at a Tony Robbins conference, okay, in, in Los Angeles, and we did one of these exercises, and one of the things that I've been wanting to do for years, I hadn't done it in 20 years, was to go backpacking, okay, because when I was 19, I went on an eight-day backpacking trip up in the Canadian Rockies, and it was one of the favorite things I've ever done in my life. I've gone camping like crazy, but backpacking is like a whole different beast, right? And yes, I did not shower for eight days. It's totally <laughs> <laughs> okay with it. Uh, and so... All these years I've been saying, I, I want to go backpacking, but I have nobody to do it with. Like my, my husband won't do it. I don't have any friends that are that granola-y like me to do it. And so I just made a declaration then that this, that was the year that I was going to start doing it. And so what did I need to do to start making it happen? It's kind of like underwriting deals for practice, right? Like you underwrite deals to figure out how to do it. So I made a decision that these are the three things that I need to do to get to that place where I am doing that, which was look up trails, look up trails that I would want to go on that are close by that I could do with my kids, uh, buy the gear, start buying, research the gear that I can buy. Um, what are some of the safety classes that I can go to at REI that will teach me either some navigation skills or, you know, whatever skills that I need to learn in the backcountry to keep me and my kids alive in the event of, you know, like a natural disaster or encounters with bears or coyotes or whatever, I don't know. And so those were very tangible things that I could do to move me toward that goal. And when we took our first backpacking trip, when I did with my kids last year, it was so stinking amazing. And by the way, yes, there was fresh bear poop and cougar tracks right by our campsite. But, um, but now that's like for the foreseeable future, that is one of my big life things is I spend as much time in the wilderness as possible. Cause that's where I feel really me, but see how I broke that down. Like right. oh, all these little tangible things that I can do. They're just small micro steps. Exactly. And I think that you're making such a great point because sometimes when you think, oh, how do I get from A to B and people mm -hmm. don't take the first step because they don't have the entire plan to figure it out and that gets overwhelmed and people just freeze, right? I've been there. So breaking down smaller steps, okay, what can I do this week that I can get closer to that goal? What can I do this month that I can get closer to that, that goal? 
you don't have to have the entire, you know, it revolves, the plan revolves and you don't have to have the entire plan, figure it out before you start because otherwise it's not going to happen. You got to take right. the first step and really taking small steps in real estate and backpacking and every single thing. So yeah. you, thank you for sharing that. You just made it very clear that that's how things are achieved. And then just to be able to, I'm sure you did like, as you did these actions, you course corrected like, oh, okay, that was really helpful. Or maybe I should do that. And, and as, as you starting to, you know, take the course or look in REI, you know, more things come up, right. And it just starts to unravel and unravel and unravel. And then you're like, okay, we're making this happen. So um, now it's really, that's really inspiring. And I, as, as you, sh as you talk and share, you know, I think about women and what holds all of us back from anything, right? And, you know, I, I also become present to this idea that confidence, it really comes down to confidence. As you spoke to, that was the number two thing you said was that you have, you are, you, you have self-confidence. So, you know, for many years I worked um, as a consultant in helping, you know, with personality assessments and what have you. And something I always teach is that everyone gets their confidence by something different, so you're self-confident. That's, that's how you were born. You've cultivated that, but that's internal for you. Andressa, I know her personality because we work together quite often. She's also very self-confident, comes from herself. Um, yeah. if, if, if a woman listening to this says, you know what, <clears throat> I don't have that confidence, that's okay. You still could be very successful in this business, but you got to get your confidence from something, whether it's yeah. knowledge, whether it's other people, whether it's doing it yourself and just gathering research, wherever you get your confidence, number one, figure that out. And number two, yeah. get it. Because if you don't get confident, however you get confidence, you're not going to take the action. And you're going to be talking about the same stuff year after year. I mean, the stuff that I'm confident, I make decisions, I make it happen. And there's a few things in my life where I, don't, I haven't seen much progress, right? A couple areas of my life. It's because I don't feel confident in those areas because I know my own style, you know? So I, I just, I, I, I just want to mention that because, um, you know, I, I, think, I think every woman, every woman listening to this is confident. It's just everyone has it and gets it from a different place. So you got to figure that out and then get connected with it. And then, yeah. you know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but going on a confidence yeah. tangent, but I, I you know, I just, you, you bring up a great point. I think, you know, I just wanted to mention that point. You know, I, you know, you're a mother of three, you got a lot on your plate, you know, just to talk a little bit about the balancing part. Um, yeah. What do you do to, to balance it all? What do you do to kind of underwrite deals and create this empire, right? You're creating this empire and you're yeah. intentionally designing your life, which I love, you know? You're also got three kids, three kids that, you know, you're trying to be present to and a husband. So what for you is that number one thing that you do to balance it all, to kind of make sure you're keeping all the areas of your life working? Well, I invest a lot of time in myself. And by a lot of time, I mean probably two to two and a half hours a day. I invest in myself and all of you are probably thinking, how do you find that time when you're so busy? <laughs> and again, that's intentional. And I, uh, I get up, I, my alarm is set for 445 every morning. And these days I'm actually pressing snooze a couple times, which I don't like. That's a bad habit. I need to break, but, um, but I get up, I, um, spend time with my coffee on the sofa. Um, and I, journal. Well, first, okay. My, so my routine is I, I actually study for quite a while. So I try to get in 20 to 40 minutes of reading 
Um, and then I spend time in my journal and I have five things I list that I'm grateful for every morning. I write all of my affirmations and my life goals almost every single morning. And then after that, I go out and exercise for 60 to 90 minutes. And I do that almost every single day. I, I don't miss a day of exercise for sure. Um, and the, if I can't get like a long journaling session, I'll at least, um, if I, I'll, I'll at least write the five things that I'm grateful for or say them out loud and say my affirmations and all that out loud while I'm exercising. And I, when I mean out loud, I really do them out loud because <laughs> nobody's out at six o'clock in the morning outside like me. <laughs> Um, so that's the thing that sets me up for success because I come back every day from that period and I feel fed. I feel alive. I feel energetic. My blood is flowing through my brains. My, my brain has been um, energized because of, you know, what I've fed it and what I'm doing to be healthy. Um, and then it makes anything that I've been problematic about if I woke up that gives me time to shake that off and like come back and greet my family by 730 and they then I'm just ready to move on. So conquer the day with some time invested. I love it. I love it. Tamar, you have a, um, a fantastic podcast, Investing for Life, uh, and you got a website and I'm sure ways for, for ladies to, to learn more about what you're up to. So what, what would you say is the best place for ladies listening that they want to reach out and say hello or learn more about what you're up to? So yeah, my, my uh, podcast is Investing for Life, and that's at investingforlifepodcast.com. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. And my uh, website for my business is Marota Group, which is M-A-R-O-T-A group.com. And I'm also on, I try to post on LinkedIn every once in a while as well. Great. All of this information you can also find on our show notes. So check it out. Um, now we're going to go... Uh, talk about the fabulous three questions. The first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? That's so hard for me because I read about 60 books a year, 50 to 60 books a year. But I really, really enjoyed Napoleon Hill's um, Law of Success, which is a 700-page book that's really tough to get through, but it's phenomenal, coupled with Think and Grow Rich. Great. Um, second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, I will say, go back to what I just said about my morning routine. That is most important to me. Great. The last one is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? I don't really think in terms of men or women. So that's a really tough question for me to answer. But the immediate answer that comes to my mind is I have two really, really close friends who we've always lived super far apart from one another. But they are those women in my life that are 100% my cheerleaders. They believe in me. And um, they think they think the world of me, and I always so I'm always surprised. Like, why do you think the world of me? You know, <laughs> but they inspire me in that way because I think they're like that with every single person they encounter, and they just shine so bright. And that's I I really love being around people like that. But it inspires me to shine more brightly for others, and it also just inspires me that they are so like just amazing women who love to love on other people. So great. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. So Tamar, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing all your, your great insight into to not only in investing, but also into life. So thank you. My yes, pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet.
If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.